Mike Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, and I am joined by Marcus Almighty Mark. Hello. Weez, Daniel, and we have a second Swede on the call today, and I'd like to introduce you to Carl Linnaeus, um, author from Sweden, obviously, um, so uh, you can probably guess what we'll be talking with him about shortly, but let's cover some of our news items today. Obviously, Gene Simmons' vault website went live a little bit early before they had anticipated and everyone got to watch a lot of the videos uh, for the various packages that he was going to be offering before it was pulled down. He now has a mailing list set up for you to join to get news about his vault box set project which is coming to fruition very shortly so do check that out at genesimmonsvault.com uh, Vinnie Vincent's visit to the Atlanta Kiss Expo. Very good three sides of the coin episode with promoter Derek Christopher, who answers a lot of the many questions that are um, being asked about this appearance. And obviously Derek will be gathering more answers with Vinnie himself, and we'll get them to the public one way or the other. Um, we're going to be talking about a book today, but before we talk about that book, we're going to talk about my book third volume of kiss on tour just uh that's the hardcover was approved today that's now available on amazon everyone internationally that'll be available on your amazons very shortly or in stores find more details on that on the kiss faq website so let's get to your book carl because that's about that's the whole purpose of this episode today is to talk about and i'll just get my picture of it great cover and it is, it is Kiss Classified, The War Stories from a Kiss mm-hmm. Army General uh, by Johan Kilberg, Carl Linnaeus, and Matt Vassfjord. So, uh, number one, congratulations. Because I, I know you've done a lot of writing in the past, and to have this new book coming out um, is very exciting for Kiss fans, and pre-orders are available at the moment. But, before we talk about the book, we always do an inquisition of sorts. For new people who come on this show, whether they're guests such as you or just people coming on casually. So explain to listeners what your Ed Sullivan moment was that you first experienced Kiss and it kind of grabbed your attention. Uh, Well, uh, I'm born in 1977 and I remember in uh, it must be 1984. you know, we had no MTV in Sweden back then, so there were only one. Uh, there was only one uh, TV channel who showed uh, uh, music videos that was called uh, Baggen. And uh, I remember uh, that one. Of course, <laughs> every, every every Swede does <laughs> uh, from our generation. And and they showed uh, they showed I Wanna Rock uh, and twi- and um, we're not gonna take it, uh, but with the sister every week. And they also showed Heavens of Fire basically every week, as I recall it. And uh, something about Heavens of Fire. Uh, caught my attention and I remember uh, going to a neighbor's house and uh, we were you know playing air guitar and jumping up and down on his bed playing air, gu- air guitar to uh, I Wanna Rock and Heaven's on Fire uh, during the whole summer and since it was summer I guess it must have been in 1985 
since Hamilton Fire was released in the fall of 84, I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, the video and the song for, for Hamilton Fire was my Ed Sullivan moment. Oh, fantastic. Daniel and I are both guys who got into the band with Asylum, so you're right in the same era as us. Um, <laughs> what was your first Kiss album that you bought? Well, uh, yeah, since, since, uh, since I was a fan of uh, Hamilton Fire, uh, I wanted to uh, uh, buy Animal Eyes, and I remember... I clearly, I clearly remember going to the store and, uh, you know, the store clerk said, oh, Kiss, this is their latest album. And I was checking, no, not Samsung Fire on this one. And uh, obviously it was Asylum. So, so now in late fall of 85. And uh, no, I wanted some, I want the one with Samsung Fire. So I got Animalize back then. And then I remember seeing uh, the video for I Love It Loud on a Swedish TV. Uh, so I got Creature of the Night. And uh, of course... Very cool stuff. But my third Kiss record was Kiss Alive. And I remember lying on, the, on my back uh, in, in the living room floor just to listen to his frailest uh, magical licks. And uh, it, it was like a thunderbolt, a thunder of lightning right through my heart when, when, I, when I listened to Ace, uh, Ace's uh, lead, vo- lead um, um, uh, playing on that album. So, um, yeah, that was my start into fandom, if you will. So Carl, we, don't you don't you think that uh, Hamilton Fire made a lot of Kiss fans in Sweden? Yeah, both Lick It Up and Hamilton Fire yeah. were, huge, were huge in Sweden. Yeah, uh, big big. But then it started, you know, like going downward. But but Lick It Up and Hamilton <laughs> and Animal Eyes were huge in Sweden. Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't like a second coming of sorts. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we, we had a magazine called OK Magazine in Sweden, uh, and, and um, the the editor, editor in chief, uh, yeah, the editor in chief uh, was the guy who did the the magazine poster in the 70s, and he basically broke the band in the 70s with Poster Magazine and then with OK Magazine. So all Swedes have a lot, uh, lot, 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 uh, lot, lot to thank Hans Hatwig for, as his name is. He actually came from some soft soft porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he brought a lot of his ideas into. And that's why that, that that's why you love Kiss. You know, he did. Of course, he did those big blow-up posters of Kiss with, uh, you know, the spider webs and, and the and the naked uh, chick with with the blood. Uh, and um, I mean, uh, if, we, if we talk to my co-editor, uh, co-authors, uh, Yuan and Mats, who are ten years older than me, uh, they remember that poster very vividly. <laughs> actually, I, actually, I have I have a question really quickly. Because uh, you guys are saying how Animalized and Asylum kind of broke Kiss then, but Kiss, more what was like the earliest? More like Lick It Up and, uh, and Animalize. Okay, yeah. okay, but I was gonna say, what was what was the earliest appearance of Kiss in in Sweden, like live, on tour? They they performed at Gröna Lund in the 70s. I think it was in 76, wasn't it, Carl? Yeah, May 76. Yeah, but but but, but do you mean in TV on TV or or, or live? I just mean any like either like a live tour or television or whatever. They were on a live tour back in '76, I think. Yeah. Yeah, May of '76, yeah. and then, then in 1980. Yeah, and then they came back in '80, but uh, and then they toured through the '80s. Really, they yeah, were here yeah. for pick it up. Uh, uh, Animal Eyes. Animal Crazy, Crazy Nights. nights. But, yeah. But 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 the first the, the very the very first time that Swedes uh, could see Kiss uh, on on, t- on national TV in Sweden uh, was when um, uh, the, the Swedish television company had bought uh, 
you know, the rights to show what Tony Palmer's uh, All You Need Is, Is Love, his documentaries from the 70s. And uh, they, they showed a short clip of Come and Love Me, the video clip, uh, and they put the noise of squealing pigs on top of it. You know, <laughs> go figure, I don't know. So, so that was the mindset with the, uh, with the, the Swedish, uh, you know, more... But uh, do you remember the $50,000 question, that show with Salmon? Yeah. yeah, that was a big, big yeah, that's what that was in '86. Uh, a show called, uh, uh, I guess you could do translate it to, to All or Nothing, with a, with a Swedish girl who who won uh, who won a lot of money for, uh, you know, knowing a lot of about Kiss, and she got to travel to uh, to visit Gene and Paul in the studio in uh, in '87, when Gene was producing Black and Blue. Um, and actually, you want you want Schilberg, who, whose story I, I have written. He, he was in a band with Salme, uh, and they were actually uh, a couple. But I, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> too late. So, uh, too late now. Heard it here first. So so the so the 80s uh, yeah the 80s were, were uh, a big um, Kiss, Kiss uh, was big in the 80s in Sweden absolutely. Yeah, just the reason why I'm asking that, sorry, is just because I remember distinctly hearing that when they did the reunion tour that Stockholm, Sweden was one of the big, big draws for that tour. So I, I kind of figured that they must have had quite an impact from back then even, right? You know, yes. the reunion tour in Sweden were, were, was huge. I mean, if you remember, Carl Gruben and Gothenburg sold out really quickly in 96 and then they came back in 97 i guess you were there as well but i was at stockholm two <coughs> nights in a row 35,000 each night it was incredible uh, and the newspapers wrote a whole lot about kiss and they were on the front covers and all, all of that yes so, so actually kiss invited the world press to stockholm for a huge press conference and perhaps you have, you've seen some, some pictures from there and that's a huge uh, lighted kiss logo uh, in the back of the band that was actually built by Johan Kielberg, the writer of this book. So he's got a lot. He's got a lot of interesting stories about uh, about his time with the band. So I've got one more question in my inquisition of you, and I, I want sure. you to I want you to pick favorites here because we're Kiss fans and we're we have strong <laughs> opinions about everything. So what? Which is your favorite Kiss album? All these years now that you've got this experience with all this music, what's that one album that you would take with you to an island? Well, uh, like I said earlier, uh, it's Kiss Alive still. I mean, when, when I put that re- when I put that record on, it, it's still magic to me. It's um, it's like a, you know, if I if I, if I go to a, you know, um, desert island and there's only one people there and I want to show him what rock and roll is, I show him Kiss Alive. You know, but as as far as studio records go, I, I would I would say Destroyer actually. I know that a lot. I know that a lot of Kiss fans don't consider that as a Kiss album. Mighty Mike. Per se, per se. But Mighty Mark. Since since I'm also a huge Bob Estrin fan, I love his work with Alice Cooper. I love his work, uh, you know, everything he does. So to me, that, that, that that's uh, Destroyer is as much a Bob Estrin record as a Kiss record, and I guess that's why I love it so much. But uh, Carl, what do you think about animalizing asylum these days? Because you're 77, I was born in 76, so we were quite the same age. Uh, and to me, they still have a great impact on myself because I, I really love the Paul tracks on Animalize and actually all, all of Asylum still to this day. But but it seems like I'm in an in a minority. Yeah, I, actually, I, I think. Um... 
I think uh, Asylum and Lick It Up are the two strongest non-makeup era records, in my opinion. Animalizes also, but you know, if, if I if I ever feel down, I put on I've had nothing to the fire, and it gets me going. Because Paul was extremely good at writing those, you know, thumping thumping chest yeah. tracks. <clears throat> the, first, the intro tracks are King of the Mountain <clears throat> and have an, an exciter and uh, uh, yeah, Creature of the Night. Okay, last question. What flavor Kool-Aid do you drink? Who's your favorite member of the band? Uh, that, 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 that has actually changed over the years. Um, first, uh, first off, it was Israel, of course, because of his guitar playing mm-hmm. and his uh, cool persona. But uh, nowadays, uh, I mean, uh, nowadays you know that Paul Stanley is really the engine behind the band. And uh, without Paul, there would be no kiss. <clears throat> Uh, I'm considering everything he has done over the, the last 40 years. I have to say that Paul Stanley is, uh, is the guy. Paul Stanley, for me, heart and soul of the band. So yeah. let's let's get into the new book, Kiss Classified, because, um, you know, th- this is another a fantastic book, you know, and I'm only going by what is the advertising on it coming out of Sweden. If uh, most people will remember the Kiss in Sweden book that came out, what, five years ago, four years ago, that was done by Ronnie Lundell and uh, Johan Falk. Um, this is a very different sort of book. Um, so why don't you give us a, a quick overview about what the book is about and what readers can expect. Number one, it's in English, correct? Yes, yes. So it's only in English because this book will, of course, be released worldwide. So there's no point in doing it in Swedish. Perhaps it will be a Japanese version somewhere down the line. I hope so. But um, yeah, the story of the book is, uh, is of course, uh, Johan Schilbergs. Uh, it's, it's his story I wrote. And uh, I've known him for several years. He, he was the president of the Kiss Army Sweden from, I guess, 1989 to 1999. And he started the Kiss Army Sweden magazine that later evolved into Destroyer magazine. Uh, yeah, which is uh, the longest-running fan magazine uh, at the band, or fan, or fan club. So, uh, and, and Johan was this stalker guy. He, 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 he stalked the band from day one. His first show was in Stockholm, 1980. So that's why this, this is a picture from backstage in Stockholm at Eric Stolzhallen in, in 1980. Uh, so uh, the story starts with him, you know, uh, uh, going to that show and. Uh, and, uh, you know, f- following their limo around, ca- catching a glimpse of Eric Carr, sound checking his drums without the makeup when he was, you know, uh, pe- peering through the window, small window uh, at, at uh, the arena. And then, of course, he, he followed the cars around when they were here on the Get Up tour. He, 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 uh, he hung out a lot, uh, not hung out with, he stalked Paul Stanley when he was here doing promotion for the Asylum tour, uh, or the Asylum album. Uh, the, the, he was here in Stockholm for 10 days, uh, both Gene and Paul. Uh, but Paul was here a bit longer because he wanted his, you know, one-of-a-kind Hamer guitar, you know, the one uh, with the mirror that he w- that is used in the Hells of Fire video. He wanted that one um, uh, fixed here in Sweden, in Stockholm. Uh, and he was here partying every night. And um, so, so, yeah, he, he stalked Paul in, eight, in 1985. 
And we got a lot of cool pictures, uh, you know, candid photos from 85 of Paul in Stockholm. And then, uh, and then he and uh, the photographer, Max Vasco, the, they, they traveled to, to the States to see Kiss, which was quite uncommon in those days. Uh, for Swedes to travel to to the states to to see to see shows, and actually, so, so they went to the Biltmore Hotel in in Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, it was Bruce Kulick's birthday party, December 12th, and um, they they got to hang out with the whole band and actually do interviews with them. They said, "Oh, Paul, can we do an interview?" Yeah, sure, uh, and they did like ten to ten ten minutes of uh, of, of questions. And then they had no more questions, so uh, uh, so, said, so they said, okay, excuse us, we must come up with more questions. I mean, they were just kids back then. And Paul actually waited for 30 minutes. He started to pick up some chick during the time. <laughs> and then, then they came back and, and, and did some more questions. I mean, it was a different Sorry. vibe back then than it is now, <laughs> uh, to say the least. <laughs> so, uh, so, so the story is uh, the first part of the book is uh, is uh, is, uh, is Johan's story, and then it then it became involved with the Kisarm Sweden, and he actually went to uh, to do uh, uh, a job for K magazine. So he visited uh, Cherokee Studios in Hollywood uh, during the uh, recording of Hot in the Shade. So he he got a lot of stories, uh, you know, eating popcorn with the Paul Stanley, <laughs> well, and listening to Forever, um, and and then it became the president of the his army and and uh, so forth uh, and then he got his old gold record for psycho circus uh, which he of course is immensely proud of uh, with every right uh, and then the second part of the book is more focused on uh, on um, Matt's um, uh, photos because uh, he's a great photographer and he both he and Johan has uh, traveled to witness the band all over the world since the early 2000s and uh, you know got to be friends with Eric and Tommy um, so there's a lot of uh, extremely cool photos, and the, the layout the layout of the book is uh, spectacular. We tried to make every page, you know, a piece of art. Uh, we looked at Lydia's book, which I think is, uh, yeah. is uh, very good looking. Yeah. Uh, and, and we looked at, we looked at the, the Kiss story book, and we looked at um, at, so, at uh, some other books, uh, you know, to make to make every, every spread. Uh, uh, count every spread, you know, look, look spectacular, and not just uh, photos, but uh, the design and uh, the whole shebang. So, what is the size of the book physically, and uh, is it eight by five by eleven, eight and a half by eleven inches? Inches hard. Yeah, or what's uh, it in centimeters or? No, I, 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 yeah, yeah, actually, uh, well, uh, let me see. Uh, actually, I, I, I wrote it up uh, on. Uh, you can go to Kiss Classified on Facebook and see and see the measurements of the book. But I think it's, uh, it's like 11 inches tall and um, and uh, eight or nine wide, uh, inches wide, something like that. So uh, so uh, like this, so, something like that. Yeah. Uh, which one was that? That's the Judas Priest book. Oh, I, yeah, something like that. Yeah. This is a better one. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, my first, that's my first kiss book and it's bigger than that one in size because of course size matters and uh, since since, uh, since it's uh you know so heavy on photos we, we wanted to go you know to do a, a, a bigger book is there an, an exact what the exact number of photos are in there 750 wow that's yeah a lot of photos yeah, that's a lot of photos. So, so, so uh, every spread is packed with photos. It's uh, 340 pages and 750 photos. So, what's that? It's like uh, uh, 
Two photos a, uh, a page, yeah. at least. Uh, how how far how far back do the photos go? Like in the uh, year, like what's the oldest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oldest is uh, you know the cover uh, from 1980, and and uh, so we had to, we had to buy some uh, some uh, uh, cool photos from that show because mm-hmm. um, because we wanted to use photos from uh, the, the shows that uh, the guys actually witnessed. Yeah. And uh, since um, uh, none, none of them were really photo- photographers back then, they were just uh, teenagers. We had we had to, I, I had to use uh, uh, some of my connections and some of their their connections to to uh, uh, to find some really obscure photos that uh, not many people have seen uh, from that period up to 1985. And from 1985 and up to now, uh, it's, it's only uh, mainly Matt's photos and some are, some are Joe ones and. Uh, Three of them are mine, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really like that photo you have there on the cover, especially that you know it's so rare that you have a cover with Eric Carr on it, you know. So that's really cool. Yeah. But I have a question. I flicked through a whole lot of your work, both your first book, your first Kiss book, and your uh, articles in Sweden Rock magazine. And to me, it seems as if you kind of want to show the non-makeup era. A whole lot more than other journalists do. Yeah. Is that true, or is that just something I made up? Yeah. Yes, it is true because, as I said, Kiss, were, Kiss uh, was uh, huge in Sweden in the eighties, uh, and uh, you know all all those uh, American books they they only focus on the seventies, uh, mostly on on the seventies and uh, and uh, not so much on the non makeup uh, stuff. Um, so, yeah, of course, and that's why the, the book that you showed it, it was also put out as a paperback. And on the paperback edition, I made sure to, you know, use this uh, Neil's crossover photograph of the of the of the non-makeup era uh, mm-hmm. beside the makeup era. So, uh, yeah, and of course, it, it's for selfish and nostalgic reasons. Of course, <laughs> because, uh, because it it was the time that I grew up with the band. And of course, yeah, but, here, here, here's the English version of that book. It's very thin. Um. <laughs> Actually, we tried. To, we, yeah, that, that was uh, that was uh, the, the old publishing house. We tried to, to to make a deal to do it in English, and there, there are there are several chapters um, translated to the English market. So uh, if you PayPal me, you can uh, I, I can send it to you. No, just kidding. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm very happy that the kids classified uh, the new book will be out in English. So let's talk. How did the uh, who came up with the idea of doing this book? How did the the project, uh, you know, basically how was it born? Who, who came up with the idea, and when did you start working on it? Uh, well, uh, I guess uh, well, it's Yuan uh, Schilbert's. Uh, uh, it's it's his baby, and he has wanted to do this book for number of years um, and uh, so yeah well the story is actually last year uh, I became part of a new publishing house uh, a Swedish record company and contacted me and asked me why, why, why is it just a you know, book publisher that puts out music books why, why doesn't the record company put out their own books and I said I don't know so let, let's start <laughs> our own publishing house and uh, we, we talked a bit uh, what should the first book be and we were hmm yeah, Kiss is a good band, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I, I knew that you wanted to do this book. Yeah, we've been in touch uh, several times, uh, and so I called him and I said, yeah, "Let's do it." And um, then we got the, or I think that Mats was on board from uh, the beginning, 
um, <clears throat> but it, it, it grew into this big, uh, you know, uh, coffee table thing, coffee table book thing. Uh, that was not really the plan for the beginning. But um, so, so uh, they, they live in Stockholm. I live in Gothenburg, so I went up to Stockholm in, uh, in the middle of December and hung out with them for a couple of days and got all the stories down on tape. Uh, and then, then I wrote uh, wrote the book in January, uh, and uh, then uh, the layout, the the design began, and, and, the, and the photo. Uh, you know, we, we we wanted to pick. You know, we had two thousand pictures to, to choose from, <laughs> so that was a, that, that was a big job. Mm-hmm. And then I had to write. Um, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, uh, I had to write text for uh, all, for most of the pictures. Uh, Wow. <laughs> I thought it was my kid. <laughs> oh, that was my son. <clears throat> he wanted to show his candy scrap today. Uh, yeah, and, and then uh, because we want we, we want everything we we, we want uh, something to happen on every page. Uh, uh, we, we got Johan's story, we got the photos, we got the you know the, the text for the photos, and then I've added um, you know I, 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 as a writer for Sweden Rock Magazine, I've interviewed the guys uh, several times, many many times over the years. Uh, have to talk members. about that later on. Yeah, Sweden Rock. So, and, and none, none, none of those interviews have, have ever been published um, uh, in English, <laughs> only in Swedish. So They're great I, interviews, so, I can tell you. Thank you. So, so, so I, I used a lot of the quotes I got from the band and put them, uh, uh, you know, over the spreads where, where I thought they would, you know, fit. And you know, because obviously, obviously, I did an interview with Paul back in 1983, but I've talked to him about writing. The song "Lick It Up," so I put that quote uh, in the "Lick It Up" chapter. You know, this big highlighted, highlighted quote. It's, uh, so, just, so it's not just photos and text. So it's very, you know, it, it's not boring. It's it's not a boring book. Let me tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we we worked on it practically every day since December, and uh, and we went. Uh, it it went uh, to the printers uh, uh, last Friday, actually. So uh, we, I will have it in my hands in two weeks' time, uh, I guess, and that will be a huge relief. And then, and then, and then it, will be, it will be shipped worldwide uh, late October. So, so, so that is very exciting. What I think I'm very excited about is obviously I've seen some of your stuff online in the past in Swedish, and running it through Google Translate. No, I, I, I am looking forward to, you know, proper translations of, you know, the quotes so that, you know, yeah. it, it really represents yeah. how yeah. things should be properly represented. Um, you know, how many interviews are you talking about that you've done and that you've used parts from in in the photo layout parts of the book? You know, um, obviously you mentioned Paul, but who, who else have you kind of spoken with over the years that you've used for this book? Uh well, uh, for my first book, uh, I spoke to everyone from Lou Lynette to uh, to Carrie um, uh, Stevens to everyone. But in this book, I, 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 I've only used uh, quotes from members, plus one interesting quote from Eddie Kramer uh, about, uh, because we have a chapter, you know, Fairless Comet in London, 1988. Yeah, that's a picture that Matt took from uh, the Hammersmith Odeon. And uh, we got a chapter about that. Um, so... Um, I used one of uh, Eddie Kramer's quotes about uh, why Frail's Comet, you know, was not as commercially attractive as uh, he, he, he should, he, he thought that should have been. Um, but uh, besides that, uh, it's, it's quotes from, um, from every band member that I talked to. Um, 
of course, I, I never talked to Eric Carr, unfortunately, uh, and I never talked to Mark. Uh, and uh, I've only said hi to Vinnie Vincent once. This is actually me and Vinny back in 96 when he was wearing his makeup. <laughs> he was in Sweden for some expo tour, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. But I just, I, I remember he signed my Don Hartman album. And I, my only question was, uh, why did you play disco? Was it for the money? And he said, yeah. So that was my short interview with Vinny. <laughs> but but uh, fortunately, uh, the, the guy, Anders Festorder, who has done the layout, he actually did an interview uh, with Vinny back in 96, where he talked a lot about uh, uh, what would have been animalized and um, how the inva- how the Vinny Vin- 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 Vincent invasion was not really supposed to be a group, but uh, his you know a true solo effort. So we got quotes from Vinny as well in the book. So actually, one thing that's interesting too is that uh, I'm re- reading here in our little notes that we have that uh, it says here that you actually had Bruce Kulick do the forward of the book, right? Yeah. So obviously, uh, how did you get him involved with that to write the forward? Well, uh, I think Bruce and Ace uh, are the two Kiss members I've interviewed uh, the most times. Uh, and uh, me and Bruce, you know, I wouldn't say we have become friendly, but uh, you know, I get his email and we, and we email you know each other yeah. when, when we have something to email about. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, yeah, like last winter I did this huge feature on the non-makeup era of Kiss once again that has not been published in Swin Rock Magazine yet, but it will be. Great. Uh, so, so, so I asked him, and of course he, he knew jo- Johan uh, very well. They have, um, Johan actually uh, was tour manager for uh, Union, uh, Bruce Kulick's okay. band Union, um, back in 99 and 2000. And uh, he, he jammed with them on stage uh, during most of the shows. So they're, they're old buddies. So uh, it, it really was, uh, uh, I guess, a no-brainer for Bruce to do the forward uh, to this book. Yeah, about sim- relationship with Johan. Speaking yeah. about forwards, in your last book, the forward in this one is done by the one who, who wrote, I guess, most of the stuff for Live to Win. And it's such a great forward. It's, it's like a copy of my own life. I don't yeah. know if it's similar for your for yourself. I guess it's there are some things that are similar. It's written by some guy. Called, what's his name? I forget it all the time. Carlson. Andreas Andreas Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. He he, he co-wrote three of the songs on uh, on Live to Win, and uh, and uh, played a big part in that. Uh, but the album. foreword is just like great. Yeah. From a Swedish point of view, you know, discovering the band in the 80s and what it stood for, you know, stand up for yourself. And all that, and actually, to him, it seems like Kiss was the thing that made him go for it. You know, nothing is impossible. You know? Yeah, yeah. Of so, so it's a great forward. If you if you ever would translate this one, translate the forward. It's a great one. All Just right. Three pages. We will do. <laughs> Do that. No, Daniel. Yeah. No, Daniel. I don't just want the introduction. I want the whole book in English. The whole. Yes, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, greed, I'm greedy. I'm like that, you know. You can yeah. pay, pay him a lot of money. And what's funny is uh, because Andreas Carlson, he says, uh, uh, because I asked him uh, si- since you were involved with uh, with Paul Stanley and the, your friends, uh, would you ever be uh, in- interesting in producing a Kiss album? Uh, because you know he has produced Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. Yeah. As his uh, huge resume, and and uh, and he told me that uh, no, I think the guy, 
I don't remember if I phrased the question to him uh, just like, uh, in that way, but um, the bottom line is that he, he thought that uh, if there's one guy who should produce Kiss that's not Paul Stanley, it's uh, Nicky Anderson. And I got Nicky yeah, Anderson to write the, the, for, for, the, for the paperback edition. Nico is, of course, uh, the lead guy, uh, the, the front guy of the helicopters and, and Tomb. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's a huge Kiss fan in Sweden, so... Nicky yeah. Anderson, he always says when he records album, well, the leftovers, I should give them to Paul and Gene because that would be the greatest Kiss album. <laughs> you know, in decades. Yeah, that, that stands for him, I guess. Yeah. But, but, but if you listen to... What's the name of his latest band? You know, the Empire. Imperial State Electric. Yeah, that one. If you listen to that one, you you see a lot of Kiss references in the music. So that's a tip for you guys who like Kiss. Look into that. And uh, I was going to mention another musical connection with the guys who are involved in this book because uh, Mats played bass on uh, "Goodbye," a track on Mitch Lafon's um, "A World with Heroes." tribute yeah. CD, uh, which uh, Johan produced, and of course uh, they're members of Impera, right? With uh, Tommy Denander. Yeah, I, I guess uh, uh, I didn't know that uh, that track was featured on that tribute album, but that track was actually recorded for uh, Johan and Mats band Impera, and they got Bob Kulik to play lead on that song as well. So these connections are just, you know, coming out of Sweden. I mean, everyone who, um, you know, maybe has has not been to Sweden, and I can't remember if I have or not. Um, Well, whatever. (laughs) You would have remembered. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I flew SAS through uh, um, Copenhagen and Oslo going to Singapore. That's Denmark and Norway. You missed it. Yeah, so I, I, I miss Sweden. But, you know... You were talking earlier about those shows, um, you know, in Stockholm, of which the fantastic bootleg Burning Stockholm comes, you know, 32,000. There aren't a lot of countries in the world where there have been KISS audiences that big. Um, Obviously, the one in South America, Tiger Stadium, I think, Dodger Stadium. You know, maybe uh, Rock M Ring in, uh, in Germany. There are very few countries that have such a massive kind of metal hard rock fan base that you can get 32,000 people selling out a show in five minutes and then them putting a second show on sale you know you're not going to have that in london (laughs) you know for for kiss (laughs) or for very many hard rock bands and i think that's what makes you guys in scandinavia very special to the the world community is that there's a passion for the music that uh, book projects like this or Kiss in Sweden and what would be the English title for your earlier book because when I ran that through the translation machine it was saying Kiss Unshaved and that just doesn't sound right <laughs> The Unmasked <laughs> I would say something like The Unmasked Truth or what do you say Carl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 no, we can't talk Swedish. Uh, oh, but uh, the, the, work, the working title for the English version was uh, The Naked Truth. Um, and uh, I was in touch with, uh, do you know who Vincent de Gerlando is? The guy who uh, designed the Kiss Army Chevron, who worked for Howard Marks Advertising. I, I it was him and, name, it was yeah. him and Dennis Wallach who, who, who did uh, most of the Kiss stuff in the 70s. And, and uh, uh, I was in touch with him, and, and he, he, he ran a title through uh, 
I don't know if it was Google Translate, but he came up, he came up with a with a different uh, uh, title for Translation. it. Uh, that, that sounded good, but I don't I don't remember the title. But anyway, you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting though that how Julian brought up about how, you know, the different reactions in Sweden. Like I I also I notice a lot of times that even when bands release records that a record that may not do so well in America does sometimes really incredibly well in Sweden, for example, right? So I mean, it's it's interesting to see how Kiss albums charted in there. Like, for example, like Crazy Nights didn't do too well in the U.S., but how did it do over in Sweden, for example? It really didn't do that well. What you say, Carl? I mean, and I th- I'd say Lick It Up, Animalized, and actually Asylum as well were all top ten albums. But Crazy yeah. Nights, Crazy Nights were the start of the downfall and hot in the shade. I don't even know if that one charted. No, I don't think no. so. Under the radar. Chris Knights was a huge in uh, in uh, in uh, UK. Great Britain. Yeah, in the UK, but not so much, not so very much in Sweden. Um, Why are you laughing, Julian? You had number four with Crazy Knights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, chart. yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just looking at the Swedish no, charts says, charts here. You yeah, know. But it, okay. But but the Swedish guys, we. We knew that Lick It Up was good. We knew that Animalize and the Sun was, were, were, they were good albums. And we also knew that Crazy Nights, it wasn't a good album, so we didn't buy it. But in the UK, you guys bought it. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. In, in Sweden, Crazy Nights went to 11. So Lick It Up went to number three. Asylum went to number three. Animalize, number eight. And then everything else kind of falls off. Psycho Circus was number one in in Sweden and greatest kiss number three. So, you know, I guess the unplugged album, I think it was like number five as well. So, well, I'm guessing though that the psycho circus number one is probably due to the big impact of the reunion in general. Right. Probably that's why. Yeah. It wasn't because it was a good album. That's easy to say. No, I I think yeah. one, one thing that illustrates Sweden for me, just looking at the raw numbers and you know obviously not having been there, is Sweden is the only country where Kiss icons actually charted, re- reaching four, <laughs> 42 on the charts. Really? So interesting. You know that that yeah. sort of stuff. You know, it, it, but but, just... what, but what's interesting in Scandinavia is. Uh, uh, Kiss is huge in, 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 in Sweden in particular. They're also big in Norway and Finland. But Denmark, which is like, a, you know, uh, you, you can drive, you can drive, yeah, it's, it's very, Denmark is very close Small. to Sweden. And uh, Kiss, Kiss plays 24,000 uh, capacity in Stockholm in May. And then they went to Denmark and they played like for 2,000 people. Yeah. So, so it's a huge difference uh, between Denmark and Sweden. Uh, nothing against the De- not nothing against the Danes, but it's very interesting. Nothing is wrong with them. <laughs> no, I, would, I don't. Wanna, I, I don't want to go there, but. Uh, but I can say that... something is wrong with you Danish people. Why the hell? What are you listening to? What's the name of that Danish band? DAD. They are all just listening to DAD, the motherfucker. King Diamond. King Diamond. <laughs> That's kind. Of... Hey, well, that kind of kills the conversation right there. That's, that's the Danish, that's the Danish Trump yeah. card, right? So, yeah, we need. Then, 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 you get, then, then you got Volbeat, uh, all of those yeah, guys Volbeat. too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but I'm, I'm pretty interested in the interviews you've done for the biggest uh, rock magazine that is around these days in Sweden. It's called Sweden Rock. It's some sort of spin-off from the Swedish rock. <clears throat> Sweden Rock Festival, I guess. 
somehow. Yeah. And, and um, I've read these through the years, and uh, I was also always fascinated by your articles because it wasn't the you know typical kiss articles that you read everywhere. It was pretty obvious that you had knowledge, and the other thing that is so obvious is that somehow you managed to make members of KISS open up and speak about things that they normally didn't. So you have to have some sort of, you know, you're good at that. And especially I like the gene. Yeah, the, and actually... The, the gene conversation. Yeah. I, I would just like to know, you, you've talked to several of the KISS guys, but can you just tell us a little bit about your favorite interviews, how you got to get so close to them, so they revealed a lot of stuff. It's unfortunate that you can't read this magazine, Julian and Mark. I guess you just have to learn Swedish. <laughs> yeah. But actually, if, if you go to the KISS FAQ site, uh, I have actually recently started to post uh, all yes. those audio interviews uh, on YouTube. Good idea. So, uh, uh, of, co of course, it has nothing to do with me wanting to sell more books. But uh, <laughs> um, Really? So, 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 information. So, so, so you can you can actually uh, uh, listen to uh, that interview um, from that magazine on YouTube, Ooh. and that was that was my favorite uh, interview uh, because <laughs> I remember they were in London uh, they were selling in uh, the Monster album to the press and I traveled there uh, and uh, of course I ha had no questions about Monster I only had questions about you know who, who is the man you know behind Gene Simmons. N not the man behind the demon, the man behind Gene Simmons. So, uh, I guess it was in one of your books, uh, Julian, that you, you were, that you wrote uh, about uh, about him uh, having this uh, uh, Dutch cigar uh, uh, case with marbles in it that he kept as a kid. Am I right? I I don't remember anything I write. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, so I brought that up and 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 I asked him what what does those uh, marbles what kind of sentimental values do they have to you and so forth. So he, he opened up about his childhood, uh, about how you know he he I, I asked him about you know uh, I, I asked him of course you don't you you're very much against drinks and drugs. Uh, but you have some other addictions, right? Uh, I mean, you have slept with 5,000 women, isn't that? Aren't you a sex addict? <laughs> no, he said. Uh, it's average three a weeks. But I mean, it's, yeah, but it's, it's 5,000 different women. Uh, was it because, uh, did you have a, an emotional void you wanted to fill with, <laughs> with sex? And then he said uh, that, yeah, I've I, I never wanted to show emotions since my father left me. And uh, I, I, I closed the doors to that. Uh, to, to that uh, side of my life, and uh, I, I never cried when I when my um, uncle was uh, was buried when his casket was um, was um, uh, how to say lifted down into the ground. Uh, yeah. So uh, and Gene is a very you know he's an he's an emotional guy. There, there's so many uh, the, actually the 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 headline to that article was Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde because that's who he is. And uh, I guess, yeah, I guess I, I, I got to penetrate Hyde or Jekyll, I don't know which one, but uh, yeah, that, that was uh, my favorite interview. And I, I tried to do the same kind of thing with Paul Stanley uh, two years prior when they were selling Sonic Boom. I didn't have any question about Sonic Boom, just about, you know, his, um, his upbringing and his, uh, his, uh, <clears throat> his uh, lack of hearing. 
this was of course four years before he published his autobiography where he spoke very uh, freely about that uh, so he was uh, kind of reluctant at first but uh he he, he warmed up to it and uh, it was a very special interview that as well yeah so how, how do you prepare for these sorts of interviews because if you're going to get through someone's armor like paul stanley in particular is very particular and i have not interviewed paul one-on-one so everything uh, that i know comes from hearsay which may or may not be accurate that you know he he will judge you pretty much on site and get a vibe from you and if he's comfortable he may let you in a little bit but how, how do you prepare to put these guys at ease because you're asking difficult questions that may not be the normal comfortable questions that they're used to and 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 do you pay close attention to their reactions to know if you're, you know, should go left or right? Or do you just go no. for it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just go for broke, I guess, because I want I want to know the truth. I, I've, I've heard, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've heard this. I've heard the story so many times. So I, I, I want to hear um, uh, some new stuff. Yeah. And uh, well, it's just uh, you ask them and either they get pissed off or they don't. And, but actually, you know, Paul is so professional. He, he wouldn't, you know, get pissed off because then he knew, then, then he would know that uh, it would not be a good article. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he 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 got to open up a bit, but uh, you know, he 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 uh, took great care in 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 uh, in um, what do you say, planning his words. Uh, yeah, that's you know, typical. Him, yeah. it, it, it was it was a pause before each answer. Yeah, so. yeah. but but every answer was great. So. But, but 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 you also you also interviewed. I don't have it on hand now, but but I remember an interview or uh, uh, an article with Eric Singer that was quite interesting as well. You met him outside a party or something. I, I don't really remember the details, but but you have interviewed him as well and. A, yeah, several uh, times. I, I think Gene Simmons was at the same show, but he didn't give you a lot of a lot of time, if I remember correctly. Um, I might misremember. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I'm not you've, sure. you've interviewed Eric Singer. Can sure, you talk a little yeah. how how he was in, in in the interview situation? Yeah, well, well, his uh, uh, well, one of the quotes is uh, because he, he's got this reputation for being cocky. And I said, are you aware that people think you're cocky? And and he said, uh, yeah, of course, but it's just that uh, they they mistake that for being you know self-confident and and, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, I did ask him about uh, the wig he is wearing nowadays that people seem to react to a lot. <laughs> and then and then I went silent. And uh, then he said, that, that's not really a good thing to talk about uh, in an interview. He said, it's like me asking. Uh, What's your mother's favorite sex position? <laughs> so he, he didn't oh. want to get in. He didn't want to get um, you know. Very uh, touchy about that. their hair. Yeah, but uh, well, you know but, what? But, but, yeah. I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask you. With it's interesting when hearing all these things that you're talking about. Out of those people that you you interviewed, who would you say was the most difficult to interview? In kiss. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say the first uh, the first postal interview that we talked yeah. about uh, uh-huh. earlier uh-huh. that was a bit difficult uh, because it uh, you know uh, it was some tension there and Paul was being professional and 
you know, I had questions lined up about uh, Jesse Hilson, and this was uh, mm. before his book was out, of course. But I didn't get yeah. there. Uh, I didn't get there uh, because one of the record uh, representatives uh, uh, walked into the interview and he felt the tension, I guess, and said, "Oh, we're out of time." And I said, "Oh, but uh, I'm promised, uh, you know, uh, 15 more minutes. Oh, we have to wrap it up." So, uh, but Paul never said anything. It was a record uh, executive. Uh, because I, I started to ask questions about, you know, the Crusasic show and his uh, U1 cosmetic surgery and Botox and everything. I don't know. Um, it wasn't the normal sonic boom yeah. uh, stuff. So, uh, well, it's also- but then, 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 then I, I have interviewed Paul several times after that, and uh, I've actually uh, translated his book for the Swedish market, and he's so aware of that. And the last time I met him in May, um, uh, he, he told me he was aware of that, and he gave me, you know, a brotherly fist bump so, <laughs> so um, yeah yeah well that's good i mean go ahead yeah i was, I was just going to say that you know in- interviewing people you know sometimes there's a great contrast between an easy interview you know with one that's got that uh, kind of tension underlying i mean when you when you go in and you're talking with someone and you've got that tension it, it either raises your game or sometimes you, you crumble, you, you lose track of where you are. It, 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 it's, it can be a really fun dynamic and you can get some great stuff out of there. If you're like battling that kind, you're, you're, you're almost like, a, you know, hitting an armor with a sword, trying to get through that defense and get through to the person to get that information. And sometimes they'll have a PR person rescue them or sometimes yeah. Yeah. they will suddenly exhale and become natural so you know sometimes it 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 can result in golden i've had interviews that have just been really hard work and then suddenly you get to that point and it suddenly now we're on now we're really talking and you know the notes go out the window you know and and i'm guessing with paul as you build up a rapport and trust most important with him is trust then you might get to a point where you get to do that that uh, that ultimate interview that you, you, mm. you're just asking everything and you know I can imagine yeah. that being really awesome especially as you've interviewed him several times and I built something you know one thing I did want to go back and say um, to some of our listeners they may not quite understand the proximity between Sweden, uh, Sweden and London how long does a flight take from uh, from Stockholm to London is that about an hour. Stockholm is three hours, and Gothenburg, uh, London is two hours. Yeah, so so very close by. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, kind of close, yeah. Han är på TV. Han är på TV. Yeah. So, all right. You can't talk telephone, Okay. Where were we? Um, Sweden, London. Yeah, it's 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 kind of close. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, Kiss Classified. Have you run this book by uh, the people at the Kiss office, and they are aware of it and all of that, or is this um, you know not something that you've you've kind of pre-screened through the the, the organization? Well, funny thing is, uh, I, I interviewed Jean uh, in uh, in uh, late January. And, uh, well, the funny thing is, uh, 
he actually bought my first Kiss book. He paid me cash for this book when I, when I met him at Sweet Rock Festival in 2013. Of course, Gene is aware of everything that has to do with Kiss. Uh, mm-hmm. So I knew that he was aware of, uh, of my book. Uh, and uh, I was told that... Um, uh, yeah, actually, he, 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 someone wanted him to sign this book when they played Stockholm. Uh, and uh, he asked uh, one of uh, his assistants to uh, you know, take a picture, so get me this book, you know. Um, and then I met him at the Swinburne Festival five days later, um, and uh, I said, oh, I want to give you my book. Uh, I want to pay you for it. I want to buy it from you. Oh, you can have it, Gene. <laughs> no, I want to pay it. Pay you for it. So uh, he did this, and he got his assistant to give me uh, like twenty dollars and a, uh, and a bunch of pics. <laughs> I said, thank you, Gene. <laughs> And then I saw the Rush documentary, the the last one that was released last year, I think, uh, mm-hmm. where, Gene, where Gene is standing in front of his you know book cabinet, and you, and you see my book behind yes. him, so, so, so he has it on display. So he's very proud, and 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 uh, and I said thank you to Gene when I spoke to him uh, earlier this year, uh, and then I told him about this new Kiss Classified project that I'm working on, and I told him about you on Schilberg, Kiss Army Sweden, uh, blah blah. Um, and he said, yeah, uh, actually, I asked him, can, can, I, can I get a quote that we can use for the book? Uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, you want is great, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's great, it's great uh, you know, when fans do, uh, you know, special love of fans because, you know, I, I did fan scenes when I was a kid and, uh, and uh, yada, yada, yada. And I asked him, oh, can I use this, uh, can I use your quote, uh, can I use your quote for the book, uh, on the book? Yeah, sure, he said. So he's aware of it. And uh, so far, no problem. And then I met him when I played Stockholm and I gave him a flyer for the book. Uh, and I looked at it and said, yeah, hmm, well, sell, send my copy so, so I know if we should sue or not. And Eugene, <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know if, he, if he's joking or not. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, of, of course, we don't use a logo. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, it, 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 it is a book um, by the fans for the fans. So, um, you know, I, actually, Gene wanted to publish it himself when I spoke to him about it. Oh. He said, "Oh, you, you know, Gene, uh, Gene Simmons uh, is a businessman. You know that, right?" I said, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> and then he said, um, "If you want to do it the right way, uh, you should let me publish it. So send me what you got, and uh, we see what we can uh, what we can arrange." Uh, but then they did this uh, in Goldsmith book instead, I guess. Uh, that's her name, right? The that's Goldsmith, that's uh, right, yes. That one's coming uh, out very soon as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're doing this, uh, and this will be uh, this will be released worldwide as well. You can buy it from Amazon in a couple of weeks. So far, we only have pre-orders from a Swedish site called Bengans, where you will get uh, you know a bonus poster and, um, and some uh, other fancy stuff, like... Uh, yeah, I signed postcards of, of the authors, um, a limited uh, number of editions, stuff like that. Right, so the pre-sale's been going on for quite a while now. How's the rea- how's the response been internationally um, to your book? Are you are you happy with that? And is the pre-sale still available? Yeah, the pre-sales will be available up to release date. Uh, it's not carved in stone, but uh, sometimes uh, late October will be the release date, and uh, up to then you can uh, do the pre-orders and, and get uh, the poster and the extra goodies and stuff like that. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, it's it's been it's been uh, very well, but it's it's, uh, uh, it's first now that we're starting, you know, to really promote it, uh, to promote the book. Uh, and uh, what's interesting is uh, because you once spent ten days with Vinny in Stockholm in '96, uh, so perhaps uh, told you before, and you got a lot of stories about Vinny, a lot of candid pictures from Vinny. You know, he took Vinny to the doctor in a suburb of Stockholm because you know there was this big. Um, uh, uh, a rumor about uh, you know why he didn't play lead guitar on the expos. He only played rhythm, and it was uh, barely audible. So uh, and and he claimed that he had uh, you know uh, wrung his fingers in a car door before. So uh, you will get to know about the truth about all that in the book. And a lot of cool photos from uh, from from him hanging out in the suburb of Stockholm in '96 with Vinny. Yeah, and the, and the last time someone wrote a big article on. Uh... Vinny in Europe in 96, I think it was in Kiss Collector magazine, you got a whole different side of the story. So, you know, when he was in Scandinavia, you're going to get, obviously, a lot more stories and more pictures, and everyone at the moment is very excited about Vinny. So, um, yeah. Yeah, hopefully it will go over well there in Atlanta, because I remember reading about Vinny going through Europe in 96. It went kind of well in Europe, but when it went to, you know, like German and stuff, things got sour quite quickly, you know. That's also in the book. Yeah, okay. And the guy, I don't know what his name is, I think he's a German, Gerhard Wimmer. Yeah, Gerhard. He kind of broke down because he couldn't stand all the things that Vinnie Vincent wanted to have, and and he left that tour um, before it ended because he kind of broke down, according to the magazines I read at the time. So he's um, a peculiar person, Vinan. Let's hope he's uh, got his, got his uh, things together now, and you know. But but some of the interviews on the on that tour are quite interesting. Interesting, and he seemed yeah. to he seemed to have his things together. But then things went sour. He just left the tour, and the final dates on that tour they did without Vinny Vincent because he just took a plane and went home. Took it's the- all in the book. Took took the credit card as well. So uh, yeah, here you know that's a great a great kind of segue into the end of this uh, this um, this podcast. Is it's in the book, and it sounds like there's going to be a heck of a lot of very interesting content in this. So where can people find you? I believe you've got a Facebook um, page called Kiss Classified, and that's with a K, of course. Uh, but is there anywhere else people can find you, or is that where you want most people to go straight to that Facebook uh, page like you, and they can get all the information about the pre-order and other information about the uh, the book? Yeah, absolutely. We got everything there, and we got, and we got uh, you know some snippets from uh, the contents of the book. Uh, we already put up a bunch of uh, you know those cool never before seen photos uh, that will be published in the book so you, you so yeah go to uh, kiss classified on on uh, facebook and everything is there and of course as you did mention you've been posting on the kiss FAQ message board um, clips on youtube um, from your interviews so thank you very much for sharing those so you know people who yeah. uh, are not members of the kiss FAQ message board you can actually read the general forum without joining you don't have to be a member and see what carl's been posting there uh, while i've got you um, obviously i've got a, 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 a couple of projects that i've been working on and Obviously, one was the Odyssey book that came out last year. I, I, I want to just ask you your opinion of The Elder 
and what you recall the first time you ever heard The Elder, what you thought of it as a Kiss album. Uh, I thought the, the solo in... Um, uh, There's one good solo on the record. Is that the thing? Dark no, I, remember, I, I, remember, I remember the spacey, uh, the spacey uh, solo in Under the Rose, or is it, uh, or is it uh, um, uh, the other Gene track? What's it called? Mr. Blackwell. Only you. No, the one that Dorpesh did. Only you. Only you. Only you. Yeah. Uh, well, one of those tracks. I think it's Under the Rose. Has this very spacey, cool guitar solo. That, that was my. That, that was the only thing I listened to that on, on that album for a long time. Uh, but uh, I, I've never got that album, and uh, still to this day, I think uh, it, it has some good songs. But as a concept album, as a concept, it's uh, it's uh, terrible. Because, uh, you know, once the story gets going, the album ends. You know, uh, once the hero is about, about to do its journey, it, it stops, you know. There's, of course, there was a, a plan to do a sequel, War of the Worlds or whatever it was called, uh, that, that would have put the hero, you know, in, 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 into the into the in, into the war and into the action. But uh, as a concept, um, even when you got the remaster, the, the remastered version with the correct running order, it makes no sense <laughs> as a story, at least. That, that's my take on it. And the book is great, Julian. <laughs> Yeah, the book is awesome. The, the book is better than the album. No, I, book I, is better than I, the I agree. I, I just always like asking people about the the elder and getting their their take on it because it is such a divisive album, as is obviously Carnival of Souls being so stylistically different from the sorts of things that people think about Kiss and the music that we expect them to make. But and another project that's you know it's about to happen. We're ten days away from. Uh, Danger Zone, which is a celebration of the 30th anniversary of Crazy Nights. And you guys touched a bit on the Swedish reaction to that album. Um, for, for you as a fan, how does that album hold up? I mean, do you ever listen? Do you ever say, I just really want to listen to Crazy Crazy Nights today? I'm, I'm in the mood for that, man. You know, Blue Thong and all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, uh, a couple of months ago, I listened to "Reason to Live" for like every day for a month, and I've always hated that song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, to me, uh, you know, I have th that album has grown on me very much over the years. W when it came out, it was actually the first album that was that, that I bought as a, when it was new. It was my first Kiss album that I bought as a new Kiss album, and back then I didn't get it. Uh, you know. Uh, First, the, the title track with Crazy Crazy Nice track, yeah, what is this? And Off I Hell to Hold You, yeah, that, that's a bit metal, that's cool. Uh, you know, because all of my friends were listening to Iron Maiden and, uh, you know, Wild Side by Motley Crue around that period. And uh, all those cool, hard-rocking tracks. And then my heroes come, come out with it. It was not easy to be a Kiss fan in Sweden uh, when Crazy Nights were out, uh, let me tell you that. Because it has its, you know, of course, Ron Everson plastic production. Uh, and uh, but it has grown on me over the years, and uh, um, I, I love listening to Thief in the Night. Turn on the Night is one. Turn on the Night yeah. is one of the greatest tracks they ever put out, and so forth. So today I love the album. When it was new, I disliked it. All right. Well, uh, Mark, any final questions before we let Carl go, or Daniel? Uh, actually, I think he's pretty much answered pretty much all the questions I had. 
Yeah, I talked a lot today, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good, though. I'll just have a question. I would like Carl to come back on the show, and maybe we can talk about something else than it, than his great uh, books. It's always nice to have a fellow Swede on the show. Because I'm the only non non American guy on the show. Uh, we have a few from South America, don't we? No, well, from Japan. Where's that guy from? Alan. Is, Alan is Alan. Japan, and he's Belgian. So, and I am of course uh, British, living in America. Um, and yeah, Mark, and but don't that forget, was a long time ago, man. Yeah, you, you never lose your where you come from, and of course, Mark is Canadian. So uh, I would like, but, but if Carl, because I've been reading Carl's uh, articles for a long time, and I always, I always thought this is a, a journalist that knows something about Kiss, and that's about the first time I've read that in any Kiss Thank you. printing. Because all the time it's like, I, I already knew that, I already knew that. But these articles are kind of special. So I can see that Carl is like a fan. He's not a journalist, just a journalist. He's a fan. So I would like Carl to come back on the show <laughs> if he has the well, time. Well, I, I would love to. You would love would, to? Of course. I would be glad to join any time. Well... I'll say too, just really quickly, that after hearing about all these articles that you know Daniel and you were talking about here, um, I'm kind of upset that I don't know Swedish because I'd love to read these articles because, frankly, you seem to take a more head-on approach. The problem with the media here seems that they always ask the same questions over and over and over again. There's nothing new, and you always seem to touch on something that other people would want to hear about, and I'd love to get a copy of these interviews in English. I mean, I know that's probably hard for me to get that, but, you know, I'd love to be able to read these interviews. So I'd, I'd love to him for him to come back on the show too. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, as, as, as I said, you can go to YouTube and you can, I, I have my own channel. Uh, you, can, you can just look up my name, Carl Linnaeus, and I uh, look at, look up my YouTube channel. And uh, I have posted several of my uh, kiss related interviews uh, on my YouTube channel, so you can. I, I will keep adding more stuff uh, to my awesome. YouTube channel, so check it out there. Well, Great. Let's wrap this up, Carl. Here's the uh, cover of the book again. One of the co-authors of Kiss Classified, which is due out imminently, uh, I believe, by the end of the month. So, um, congratulations. Next month. End of next month. So congratulations yeah. to you, Johan and Mats, for you know number one, bringing a project to completion, and uh, you know. For my fellow fans out here, lots of photographs. Look at that number, 750 photos. Um, wow. You know, so if you don't want to do any reading, you just want to look at pictures, you're going to have more yeah, than course. your fill and a lot of text, and it sounds like a very exciting project. So congratulations, and thank you so much for spending time with us today on the Kiss FAQ podcast talking about this show. So um, people, you can find... Carl and the other authors on Facebook on Kiss Classified. So do sign up and uh, like that page and follow the updates for the book um, and get it pre-ordered. You know, there's some nice premiums that are being offered for the pre-order. And if not, you'll be able to find it on Amazon and elsewhere after it's published. So, Carl, thank you again for your time today. And Mark and Daniel, as always, for joining me. We'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.